and welcome to No Low Time, Episode 3. I'm one of your hosts, Obed Veles, and with me is the most interesting man in the world, Joel Young. What's good, guys? What's good? We are back here for the next episode of No Low Time. And man, is this going to be one of those film-filled news episodes. I can say it's not something common, but it's what happens in summer. Yeah, absolutely. Something that's going to be very movie-centric. So we'll start, and uh, we're we're gonna just talk about a little bit of what we what we've done. So what's up, Joe? Yeah, man. Uh, so <laughs> it's funny. Right before uh, we recorded this, I was out and about tonight doing some different stuff. One of the things I actually did is we got a local theater over here that plays movies for much cheaper than they are in the regular theater uh, because it's usually a few months or weeks after their theatrical release. And they were still playing a movie by the name of John Wick. So I just came out of watching John Wick Chapter 2. And I really loved John Wick 1. So I was really excited to see John Wick 2. And I heard some critics say that, wow, it's, it's, this is better than the first one. It's close. It's, close. Really, cl- it's really close. Yeah, I heard, I heard tw- uh, John Wick 2 is real good. I haven't had a chance to watch the first one. It was on cable a few weeks ago. But I just don't like to watch movies like that. I want to. Have the full experience uncut dude. and i haven't had a chance to do it so do it man do it when you get the chance do it and guys watch john wick chapter two as well because it is it's close i say john wick one is better just for a couple little things that kind of made me go eh, with john wick two but i mean it's not not bad by any means i mean the film it's just the same vein as the first one it doesn't try to do anything too much farther they're just building the mythology of the boogeyman so it was really cool to to see how they they take it even further, and it's now not trying to repeat the same success of the first one. They do something different in this one, and wow! I mean, if just from the straight from the first action sequence, right into it, and then from there, what I, that's the thing I love about these movies too is that they're not just you know yes, it's a big action film, and there's plenty of action. I want to make that clear is a lot, but there's it's really cool because. They also take time to develop a story, which is makes what makes John Wick be set apart from these other films that try and just make these, you know, hitman style films. He actually has a story that you can connect to. And so after the very first action sequence, I'd say there's about 20 minutes of the movie, no action's happening. Uh, you're just you're you're going through and you're but it's so worth it and it pays off. So once you once you get past that point, you got another action sequence and the rest of the film just takes off. And it's cool too that I saw today because uh, you know this is separate from our news rundown. But I did see this morning that they did announce uh, the beginning of filming for uh, John Wick three, and they definitely have to do it because no spoilers. But they don't end John Wick chapter two; they stop it. So it's 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 one of those things where the movie can easily continue on. They just stop the film, so you know, okay, come on, like the, the story's not done. We gotta see what happens in part three. Yeah, it's one of those back to the future part two moments. Yeah, pretty much, okay. pretty much. Gotcha. And then the other thing I did too, uh, you know, that you guys might be interested in is I did catch up on the Flash. As last time, I caught up on Agents of Shield and watched the finale. This week, I watched the finale for the Flash. And uh, wow, it was it was good. I mean, with it's the Flash is the Flash. I'm just being honest; it's not my favorite thing, but you have to appreciate it for what it is. And you know, the actors really try; they do a, a decent job. And uh, they had they had some cool little setups, and I think the way it ended 
was the way it made me happy. You know, some people were upset with it. I was very happy with the way it ended. It's setting up a larger storyline. I love how in the finales, they always have little Easter eggs that are for what's to come. Um, not to get into it in depth, but there is a Batman Easter egg. Very specific. So I'm, it got me pretty excited once it was said. I mean, it's, it's clearly said uh, by one character, so you can't miss it. Um, which I know there's been conversations of them bringing Batman into this world. Some of the creators have said that's the one character that they want to do of all the characters. So it would not surprise me in the future. DC says, you know what, with the success of the DC movies, having their own Flash in the movies and how there's a Flash on TV, why can't we have a Batman on television and have a Batman in the movies? So it's a conversation to be had. Yeah, I think it's really... It's kind of a shame that they haven't done that yet because Arrow has a lot of Batman references with Harley being on, you know, as a reference on one episode and yep. and and Arrow itself uh, himself being more of a Batman type character versus what he is in the comic books. So and and I remember I think it was in the Legends of Tomorrow and there yeah, it was in the Legends of Tomorrow because I, I I don't keep up with that show, but I did watch a little bit of the first season and early on they had an episode of the future that they traveled to and it was a world where guess what they did? They had Oliver Queen in the future, an apocalyptic world, and he did not have one of his arms. Just like in the comics where when he fights Superman, Superman cuts off his arm and he's in the Battle of the Dark Knight Returns. So, I mean, it's it, it's it's there. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, what did you I do, never, man? Uh, not much, man. I got Logan on Blu-ray. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I'll definitely get to that over the weekend uh, other than my persona 5 update which not not much to tell i started the third dungeon i'm about probably halfway in on that uh the game's real good i i don't have anything more to, to add to it it's still a fantastic experience the o the only thing of note that i actually did i played two games joel i went a little bit retro on this so uh i knew back from uh, back in the 90s, there was this game called Midnight Wanderers from Capcom. It's an, it's an early 90s arcade game, part of a, of a trio of games called the, the, one, the, the Three Wonders or the Wonder Three in Japan. So I played two games, Midnight Wanderers or Roosters, as is known in Japan. And this game is, it's, it's your typical Capcom arcade, you know, side-scrolling action game so nice. it's it's kind of it's kind of like like i would say ghosts and goblins or, or ghouls and ghosts but it's a, it's a little bit easier so it's not as you know awful to play uh <laughs> not not that ghouls and ghosts is a bad game because it's not it's just extremely difficult and annoying but it's your typical quarter muncher you know you get killed a lot there's really random pop patterns to the uh to the enemies and i played that and then i played the sequel called chariot now the sequel this is interesting joe and it's part of what why i want to talk about this the sequel to this game uh chariot it's it's a shoot 'em up so it's like a side-scrolling shooter wow so it's completely different from the original game same characters and everything it's just that um 
it's absolutely a, a completely different game. So this is where the character Lou comes from. Um, some people will remember Lou from Marvel's the original Marvel versus Capcom. He was one of the assist characters. Yep. So the reason I want to talk about this game is that it's because the art design in this game is really cool. So it has this really cool. Um, have you ever seen Joel those old timey maps where they have like the sun with the face and the cloud with the face blowing wind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the so the art style is 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 like that mixed with like zodiac type of art. So it's really interesting. So really good art design, really good boss design too. Uh especially on Sharia. Uh that art design was really good overall and on both games, but uh, it kind of stands out a little bit on Chariot. And Chariot also had this really interesting mechanic where you had a tail uh, on your uh, your little glider, and that tail prevented, or they had dots on it or power ups. And you, with those dots and power ups, you can use it as a shield, so you can shield yourself from enemies shooting or coming in from behind. Uh, you couldn't necessarily position it very well, so you have to actually move around. So, but um, but it's a mechanic that I, I hadn't seen in a, in a shooter like that before. I know Gradius, it's probably the closest it would come to uh, with, with that type of um, with that type of mechanic. But that's I just wanted to talk about that real quick because the art design on those games it's a uh, uh, kind of really stood out to me. And so, that's so huge, man! Like when you're playing games and it actually looks visually inter- interesting. I mean yeah. that that's always that's always a plus. Yeah, even and 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 it holds up, so it 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 actually looks very good. The sprite work overall is really nice on the on both of those games. Yeah, to me, our design on on games is really really important. To, like Bioshock, the original Bioshock, oh, it's master class on on oh man on art design. It's phenomenal. So that to me, art design wise is like. I, Bioshock Infinite too, but oh, yeah. but it's 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 so both of them are so good, but the original Bioshock to me is like mass like a master class in in art design for a video game and sound design too. Um, so that's the only the only things that I did of note uh, was uh, was doing that, and uh, I'm looking forward to putting some more time on Persona this week. Uh, I'm about thirty eight hours in probably. I've finally got to have a party member that i actually care about oh so, nice. so that uh, so i finally got the character that i was looking for that i didn't get uh, and i actually got that character you know th- 30 some hours into the game that the character actually showed up kind of early in the game like i want to say about around seven ish hours um but you didn't a- interact with the character that much uh just a little bit through you know finding the character around school and whatnot. Um, but I finally care about someone in that game, and that made me really happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's good, man. It's good. So other than that, man, I'm looking forward to getting to watch Logan over the weekend. I I got I I future-proofed, so I, I still don't have a, 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 fork, a UHD Blu-ray player. But I but I went ahead and forked in the the extra five bucks and got the uh the four K version of it so, which will be worth it because I know with the way things are going you know, 
we'll talk about, about PlayStation 5 and different things. You're gonna it's something that you'll have in the very near future if you don't go out and purchase one already. But I will say, watch Logan when you when you can. Do it this weekend. I saw it in the theaters. I won't say much more than Man Tears. Man Tears okay. Okay. And, I, I think I think I, I mean the movie's been out for enough for it to be a little bit ruined for me on the internet. So uh, but I, I, I kind of know what to expect at this point. But even with what you know to expect, it's because it's unfolding. You're wa- like I had an expectation for stuff to happen, but just watching it happen regardless, I mean, you're talking about 15 years of this guy's this character. <laughs> yeah. Hugh Jackman has been the only one to be Wolverine. Yep. And yes, we know someone else will be him regardless in the future. However... You know, you can you can just see the dedication to the character, and it's it's a beautiful send off. Yeah, but but you know who's probably not gonna play Wolverine anytime soon, Joel? Who would that be? Tom Hardy. Oh, uh, <laughs> talk about a segue. That's a great segue into our news segment. So last week is the funniest thing. We record. You know, we have our plan. We record. Go into the office the next day. Do our stuff, and you know, I find out then afterwards later that that evening, uh, we you know we're we're talking. Uh, you you texted me. You said, "Hey, um, Joel, you uh, see the news from the Hollywood Reporter?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Dude, Tom Hardy is Venom in the Venom movie." And yeah, I, I texted you because I saw that. Uh, um... Max Prime for from front of the show, um, he he posted it on his uh, Facebook page. So um, that's why yeah, we love Max. Thank you, Max. For, yeah, for so I, I saw it and and right away I texted. It's like, yo, this is going down. So yeah, and for you guys that were getting to know me through this podcast, I know I mentioned in episode zero, Spider Man is my guy. Spider Man is the number one guy. So anything Spider-Man. regarding the Spider Man universe. I'm sniffing this up. I'm I'm saying, what's going on here? What's what is this? You know. So I see this news, and I know Sony had said before, before they made the deal with Spider-Man being in a cinematic universe. Uh, you know, they had said that they wanted to do a suit. Um, gosh, I was gonna say Suicide Squad. Uh, no. It's, no, no, no. <laughs> Sinister Six. Sinister Six. Oh. Wrong film. Okay. <laughs> Sinister Six. Same difference, right? Uh, Sinister Six film, <laughs> and then they said they also wanted to do a Venom film, so they want to make like villain films essentially. And so it seems like they still want to do that. I was very skeptical. I I don't know what the vision was for it. I like to give things a chance, but just hearing that it's a movie about specifically villains, look, I I don't think that historically those kinds of films do well unless they have a unless they have a different type of you know, story to them or making an anti-hero of some kind, and I don't know what to expect from it. But once you say, you text me, you say, Joel, Tom Hardy is Venom? I mean, dude. Yeah, that's a, it's a big deal. That I mean, there's an argument to be made. As of right now, he's probably in the top 10 of actors at this moment that are acting in the industry. There's an argument for that. Um, so you... He's he's also a very picky guy when it comes to doing films. There's a lot of films he just he just won't do, and a lot of you know Hollywood people are like, oh, we don't like that. You know, we we want him to do this, that, and the other, but he won't commit to something unless he's serious. 
People forget he was going to be in Suicide Squad. He dropped out and did The Revenant. I think he did just fine there. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So he's a smart guy. So obviously if he saw that, he saw that what this Venom script is or whatever the, the vision is for it, it's obviously got to be good. And if, if Tom Hardy thinks it's good, I'm giving it a chance. I already was going to give it a chance, but I'm hyped. How do you feel about this, Obed? Yeah, so uh, same, same thing, man. Uh, Tom Hardy is a great actor. And he's a smart dude when he comes to picking roles. I I think the first time that I saw him that I really remember him from was on uh, Inception. And oh, yeah. He, he really stood out in that movie to me. So I'm really excited for this. He was great on Mac Max. Uh, I haven't seen The Revenant yet, but I know that people really say good. that. People say that that his acting was better than uh, than Leo's. So, uh, and I saw I've seen clips of it, and he, it, what I've seen from him is fantastic. So it's really good. So I'm really excited, and Joel, this is going to be directed by Ruben Fleischer that did uh, Zombieland. That's right. So I'm excited. Yeah, good, good, good. I mean, ideally, it sounds like a good director. Sounds like the script's got to be good. Tom Hardy's in it. Yeah, it's the set only... up well. And go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, I, I don't want to segue past. I'm going to segue to the next part of the Spidey universe. You go ahead. Oh no. Um, the only, my only concern is, is Amy Pascal. As, as, as we've talked about many times before, that's my only concern. But it looks like Avi Arad, uh, who was the producer in, I think, all of the X Men movies. But he also was the producer be. of those amazing Spider-Man movies, and they weren't that amazing. Uh, the first one's good. I like the first one. The second one, eh. but the second one, it definitely looks like it was someone else. It, it, the second one is the the classic example of the studio putting their hands on on the cake batter. So that that's um, it, it seems like there were so many issues all around with that yeah. film. The film came out, and it's it's not the worst comic book film. I don't want to be too drastic about it. Yeah, I really like. Yeah, I got. I was saying, as a Spider Man person, it, it was offensive. It was it was bad. <laughs> yeah, I like the first one. I, I think uh, this kid, uh, well, not kid, but um, what's his name? Refresh Garf- my mind. Garfield. Garf- yeah, Andrew Garfield. Uh, he was great as as. I mean, he was kind of mopey and emotional as, as Peter Parker, but as Spider-Man, I feel he was better than Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker, but but Garfield was a better Spidey, so, I, in, in I, my opinion. You know, I think I think that's a fair assessment. I felt similarly, like, as Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire was totally Peter Parker. As mm-hmm. Spider-Man, he didn't do a bad job, but I think uh, Garfield did bring more of the humor to him, yeah. So that yeah. I will I will give him credit to that, but I will say I was not in love with the portrayal of the character, so it just made me come out a lot of times and certain things. But but I mean that's the other thing too. We're talking about Spider Man, we're talking about Venom, and I think that's the thing that's that's making this interesting about this whole universe is Sony can put Spider Man in these movies because at the end of the day, Spider-Man still belongs to Sony. It's a shared deal. He's not back at Marvel. It, we can say, and I believe, I believe, my belief is this: if, if once they're gonna see, I, I mean, I've been talking to you about this. I really feel like Homecoming, Spider-Man: Homecoming, is a secret weapon. I don't think they see <laughs> how big this film is going to be. I think it's gonna be pretty huge. I don't yeah. think Sony realizes how big it's going to be. They, mm-hmm. they might, they, they're thinking, okay, like this is going to be another good film. This might be one of Sony's best films that comes out the entire year, 
and it's going to make them so much money that Amy Pascal is going to go, Feige, do whatever you want <laughs> She's very quickly. because And, and that's, that's the thing that's positive about it. If that happens, then you know what? It might be a separate universe, but I still think Tom Hardy's Venom could show up in a film with another character in the MCU. That'd be great. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Tom Hardy's showing up on on the second Infinity War or whatever they're calling it? Oh gosh! I mean, I would love uh, him to show up in even the Guardians Three. On Guardians, because yeah, in the on, com- in the yeah. comics, they're doing the Agent Venom storyline. If they want to make Eddie Brock his own character, where he's like an anti-hero, make him Agent Venom, like in the next thing, and put him with that. That'd be awesome. I'm <laughs> right. all for it, man. But then the other news that we saw was that they're doing also a Silver Sable and Black Cat film they announced today with another – they have a writer and director attached to it. Um, I don't recall her name. Uh, I know she – I hadn't seen any of the work she had done, but a yeah. lot of people were talking really high about her saying that she's great. So yes, yeah, see here, uh, Gina Prince-Bythewood. Okay, yep. Uh, she wrote uh, and directed The Secret Life of Bees. So uh, I've heard of this movie. I haven't seen it. Uh, no casting yet, right? No casting. Okay. So that's the thing. I feel like they pulled out the big guns with the Venom announcement. The inst- they, they, they announced it via Instagram. They showed Tom Hardy wearing a Venom shirt, and they said he's going to be Venom. Mm-hmm. But no, no announcement like that. But... I mean, the thing that's the other thing that's weird about it. Both of these films are scheduled to come out next year. I don't know if that's going to happen for both. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, it, it all depends on, on how good. I, I believe it's going to be depending on how well received and how well um, Homecoming does. Then Sony will play their cards next year because they could easily release Venom because of hype next year. Right. And then and then move this to uh, summer, uh, twenty uh, twenty nineteen kind of deal. So. I I agree. I I agree. I could see one of them maybe coming out in twenty eighteen, and then the other one coming out in twenty nineteen. I feel mm-hmm. like it was more like planting the flag, like, hey, we're gonna do these films. Let's just put a date, even though they know it's get like. I feel like they know like it's not gonna happen on that the dates that they have in mind. But it's more about just planting the flag that these films get into production. So we'll see. Yeah, interesting t- stuff for Sony now. So, uh, Joe, I, I just want to talk about real quick about uh, uh, Castlevania, that classic video game, is getting a Netflix series. Uh, and this was announced a couple of months ago, but people have been skeptical about it. Um, the uh, the uh, person that's been attached to this project is the guy that did, I don't know if you ever saw that, that gritty Power Rangers short, that was on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. Came out a couple of years ago. I forgot the guy's name. I can look it up here real quick. Uh, Adi Shankar. Yes. yes. So uh, he's the he's the one producing this show as well. This looks real good. This looks like like very anime type of look to it and 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 feel to it. Really good music, voice acting uh, sounds good, and this is an animated series for Netflix. Uh, and this is a like a TVMA type of deal, so this is not you know a kids show. So this this looks really good. This trailer looks really nice. Some um, you know Symphony of the Night looking artwork uh, going on. So I'm really excited for this, Joe. 
Especially yeah. since Castlevania and Konami just gave the middle finger to all their properties. So I'm happy to see that someone else actually cares about this uh, this properties from Konami. I know, I know. And that that's that's what's really cool is that now is it being cared about, but it seems like they're taking it very seriously. They're not just saying, We love the property, we're gonna make this, but it looks it looks really serious. I mean, mm -hmm. I was seeing I saw the quote from Shankar to IGN. And he said, uh, Castlevania is, what is very much done in the vein of Game of Thrones. That's some bold stuff to say right there. So it's definitely going to be a very serious show. And mm -hmm. uh, that's that's what you want to hear from this kind of thing. You don't want them to just, just fork it out there. So yeah. good, more power to them. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. And hopefully it does well. I'm, I really want for it to do really good. I'm definitely going to watch this when it comes out. Uh, and we'll see how it does. And I know that the guy that directed um, Kong Skull Island Which is directing. Yeah, is he's directing the uh, he's directing and co-writing the Metal Gear Solid movie. So so oh, we'll wow. see. Yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. You know that? Oh yeah yeah yeah. I forgot I forgot that guy's name, but he's co-writing it. And apparently, there's some involvement from Hideo Kojima on the writing. That's, you know, that can't be either confirmed nor denied, right? But the guy, the guy is really passionate, and uh, I heard that he has some serious meetings with uh, prospects and and showing what he wants to do and 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 having you know clips of the game. And he's a fan of the series, so he does care about the project. So we'll see how that it. We'll see if it ever happens. You know, he, hopefully he does. He, you know, I would love to see a Metal Gear Solid movie. At least I get something Metal Gear Solid again. I think it will. I think it will. But you know something? The only way that's going to happen is with the good video game movies. That's the only way we're going to get more video game movies. And I feel like video game movies is going to go the way of comic book movies, where comic book movies were what they were, some like, some love, but never really massive. Of course, unless like you're talking about Superman or Batman, right? But mm -hmm. I feel like it all takes is for one and two, three different really good video game movie adaptations, and it could become like the comic book film genre, where, where writers start looking to games for their stories and start saying, we want to adapt this into film. But that's a good segue into our next story, which is some other information that came out from Sony in regards, again, uh, in regards to an Uncharted film that they've been working on for a while. Yeah. This time, they have attached to it their main actor for Nathan Drake. They've announced Tom Holland, who's playing Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming, to be a young Nathan Drake in their Uncharted film uh, that they are having in production. Yeah, that's a big trust of Sony to give the character, you know, someone that they already gave him a lot of trust as Spider-Man, and now they're giving him another franchise, basically, to attach himself to. It means Sony really likes him. And yeah, yeah. and you know what? Mixed responses. I would have liked an older Nathan Drake, but I'm not <laughs> upset if Tom Holland is playing him. I love what they did with Uncharted 3 and Uncharted 4, where they gave us more of a young Nathan Drake flashbacks and giving us more of a story. They did in both 3 and 4, and uh, those are those are really powerful. So it's more of, it's supposed to be supposedly uh, more of the background with Sully, his how he met Sully more, and how they grew together into the Uncharted heroes of the day in the Indiana Jones style. So that's that's interesting to see. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. So I guess this movie will take place in between the flashbacks from Uncharted 3 and 4 and Uncharted Golden Abyss. So this is where, you know, uh, Drake's doing his hunting and, and learning how to be this this Tomb Raider, if you want to call him that. Yeah, Sully's teaching him. So Yeah, so so I'm excited for it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I know that there have been some here and back and back and forth from uh, uh, Neil Druckmann and the writers for Uncharted, the who ride the video game over at Naughty Dog. But uh, I'm interested in it. You know, I'm interested for sure. We'll see how this comes out. So who do you think should play Sully? I was just about to ask you the same thing because I was I've been thinking about that and I'm you know I'm really not sold because the thing is there's a lot of guys that can look the part but the thing that makes Sully really unique is also his accent he's got this metropolitan swagger uh, you know eastern north swagger to him yeah so you can have someone like a Jeff Bridges but Jeff Bridges always plays more of a south kind of guy right yeah yeah not not necessarily a so I I'm not sure who do you got in mind I'm selling Ooh. He has that mustache. He has the swag. He has the New York thing going on with the the cop show he's on. I think it'd be a great choice. He may be a little bit too old, but I think I think he'll be great. <laughs> you know what? It, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, I just I just that's that's the other thing too is the age thing because I want to be someone that can go for at least another ten years because if they're having Tom Holland. They it's good. Have, they, yeah, like, they need to have a younger to, Sully. So yeah, yeah, it makes sense. They have to be prepared for success. So I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. How's the? Uh, what's this guy that that uh, the guy from Avatar, the guy that wanted to play Cable? What's his name? I forgot his name. Oh my gosh! And we're talking with the military dude. Yeah, the military dude. Um, yeah, yeah. Just put a mustache on him. He kind of looks like Sully. That's the good. That's a good idea. Yeah, he's in good yeah. shape too, because you know he posted those pictures of him, and he's like shredded so yeah oh yeah yeah he's kept himself in great shape i mean yeah. sully was never like shredded but i mean <laughs> i don't think any video game guys are gonna Dude, you know come on this, these guys are are friggin climbing with their bare hands that you need to be freaking shredded <laughs> yeah to make it realistic yeah <laughs> yeah I, I agree. I mean, yeah at least some shoulders so uh, <laughs> so so just so i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna go into our next topic here. Um, I know we we want to briefly brush over um, the unfortunate news that we also saw from the DC universe of Zack and Deborah Snyder stepping away from the Justice League uh, to film. Unfortunately, they're they're stepping away from filming Justice League because of the passing of their daughter in March. Um, unfortunately, she. She passed in March, and it was unexpected circumstances. And you know, they they had not said anything about it all this time. No one knew about this. I mean, there were certain media outlets who knew, and out of respect, they didn't say anything. And kudos to you guys. You know who you are. You know, you, paying the family some respect there, and not just trying to get into scoop business and just throwing stuff out there. Um, you know, that that was very nice, and they, they held that information until Zach and Deborah Snyder decided we're gonna release a statement. And they did release a statement, and they were very clear. They said um, 
that uh, you know I've decided to take a step back from the movie to be with my family, be with my kids who really need me, and that's the truth. Um, so the good news is, though, the film's in good hands. Good old buddy Joss Whedon is going to be finishing the reshoots of the film, and he's going to finish the edit, the final edit of the film. I wouldn't be surprised if Zach gives some input even on just the edits of it, but I just think taking it out of his his hands and his wife's hands, you know, so they could spend time with their family is important. Yeah, uh, this this is a tough one. Um, we've been and and I know that you know that I've been very very critical of uh, Zack Snyder, but this is very very tragic and unfortunate. You know, it's I can I can just as a father I can just imagine you know, what this family has gone through. So, um, you know, the best, I wish them the best. And I know that for the most part, even people that were critical of Zack Snyder have, uh, you know, showed support to, to the family. And I know that they're, as always, there's, there's trolls and, and this type of people that don't, you know, really understand, you know, the circumstances and the things that happen. But, yeah, I, you know, have being critical of Zack Snyder's work is one thing, but, but you know, you you don't necessarily wish them, you know, this type of thing to happen. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully Zack's gonna get. He, I know that he'll get back on it when the time's right. And I wish wish the family the best, and I know that he works closely with his, with his wife on on you know on production as well. So um, wish yes. them the best, and you know, you know what, man, if you know if you know someone that's going through through hard times, you know, show them support, and you know, there's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, and you know, there's there's help out there, so. Um, you know, don't don't feel bad when you when you hear people, you know, say things that they shouldn't be saying or that they sound out of place. So, um, you know, uh, our condolences to the family and 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 absolutely. And and, and, and I'm, I've been, you know, most of the fans have been really gracious. It's been uh, it, it was rough when I when I heard about it. It was like, wow, this is. I poke fun at sex, poke fun at Snyder, but I never wish this kind of thing happened to him. Um, so you know, it it's rough. So I, I mean, it was good to see that most of the fans were were well behaved, and um, you know, I, I really appreciated that. There was always that jack hole that would start, you know, going yeah. nuts. But, you know, but it's that's it's it's a, at, right now that's expected so yeah and i think zach and his wife know how to handle that and and they're 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 great people but i will yeah. say this the other thing about not just poking fun at poking poking no fun uh poking harsh stuff at, at his family but yeah. the other thing that's really interesting is people were taking it as an opportunity to also say well well i'm so happy now someone else is going to work on this movie Funny from which side it came from. It comes yeah. from the DC guys. So I got something to say to some of you DC fans out there. So how do you like Joss Whedon now? <laughs> right. 
How do you like Joss Whedon now? You know, it's so funny because during Comic-Con, when Marvel's saying that Joss Whedon's going to direct the first Avengers and he directs the second Avengers, all these DC guys, no, no, Joss Whedon's not that. He's not that special. He's good, but, oh, he's, you know, he just does this, that, and the other, and it's cliche, and it's this. You know, saying, saying all these excuses when the films are much they're 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 much better than a lot of the dc films have come out to be quite frank from a critical standpoint i'm not just making this up you can look at ron tomatoes many critics agree with that and you you know now you have joss whedon finishing your film and all of a sudden yeah josh whedon's awesome and he's gonna do i mean yes he said he was you know the, doing the batgirl movie and all that but now all of a sudden it's josh whedon's great and josh whedon's awesome he's this, gonna save the justice league and uh, yeah yeah you know something this is why i we we make it clear and this is how this podcast is gonna be run we are going to play it fair we're gonna call it as we see it but we're not gonna be one-sided and have false alliances as if like as if as if there's something that we gain by being always biased towards one side. No, we, we appreciate DC. We appreciate Marvel. We wouldn't have the Marvel films if it wasn't for some of the DC films that came out. And DC wouldn't have some of the opportunities that are having now if it wasn't for the stuff that Marvel's doing already. So we have to understand the importance of being together uh, and not just throwing hate and shade. You know, guess what? Marvel did a good job with Joss Whedon. And guess what? I think Josh Whedon's going to do a good job with whatever it is he has to finish up with this. And Batgirl. Yeah. Joe said we those checks from Marvel and, and PlayStation haven't cleared. So I know, yeah. man, right? Yeah. I, I, I was expecting <laughs> to get my pay my paid my dues, right? Right. Oh man. Oh, goodness. So um uh Joe will you know again the best to the uh, Snyder family and and um fans just keep it classy, you know. It's 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 a tragic thing that could result in a good thing for the fans but you know guys just keep it classy don't be don't be that type of person that goes online and you know and and takes joy on other people's tragic you know events so absolutely uh, but moving along to something that's kind of timely joe is uh that far cry 5 art that came out for or the box art that came out yesterday so so what do you think of that it's bold all oh, right wow. it's it's very bold but you know what almost, almost prophetic <laughs> <laughs> you know something they they're they've always been bold though like yeah. far, the far cry games have never been something to hold back on anything i mean they've, they've done some really wild stuff in their games i think you know looking at the picture of it I'm I'm not a fan of the whole always doing. I've seen so many different you know ma mashups of the of the Last Supper with Jesus where people take that photo and do the stuff. Yeah. So you know having another one that was like uh, you know whatever, right? But I will say you know it is cool how they always portray these radical people as people that's got to be got to be taken out in this kind of way. It's a, it's, it's a use of their free speech, you know, the importance of free speech and using it in gaming as well to convey um, a sense of, uh, you know, specific type of crazy radicalism that, guess what, you know, it's just a game, but it causes you to think, like, <laughs> you know, there's some crazy crazy stuff out there, and you don't have to be like this, you know, and, and it's interesting. It's it's in the gaming. So the the art is interesting. I don't know what the story is going to be. I'm sure we'll hear more about that 
soon, but um, actually over the weekend, there's going to be the uh, the reveal trailer is going to be. Uh, we're recording this Thursday night, so Friday morning, I think it's uh, uh, the reveal trailer is going to come out. So very very soon. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So then that will answer a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. But to me, you know, it's funny because I saw some people on Twitter. Uh, you know, you know who who these people are saying, "Oh, look at this. This is like white, you know, oh, against white people and Christians and Americans." No, not really. You know, this is a cult. If you consider yourself a cultist, uh, this is clearly this picture. Oh yeah, that no. they released. They're not, clearly not your no. average Americans or your average Christians or your average anything. This, they're, these they're people not. are clearly part part of a cult. So yeah, this is a whole separate. <laughs> no, this is this yeah. is a whole separate thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. This is like yeah. the you know those those crazy guys that burn you know the, the themselves. In, in churches with their followers or or drink the kool-aid or do whatever they do so this is not this is not your typical you know uh white american um no congregation, way so. don't, don't try yeah don't try and yeah. take this and, and put it into a certain type of modern context this is just it's, again it's radical crazy stuff but that's what they've always done they've been in other countries and these games and they've yep. been in other locations and they bring in this person that person not trying to say that this is how this country or this is how that place is or whatever it's just the storytelling and the way they want to do it yeah even far cry 4 with pagan men and uh this type oh, yeah. of you know it was controversial of course and um this going back joel real quick on on this type of controversy i remember when resident evil 5 was coming out and people were saying oh you're playing as a white hero killing black people it's like well first of all it's not black people they're zombies so or or infected or whatever so you know this goes back 10 ish years back and um you know what it's it's uh, movies have done it for a very very long time video games are evolving as an art form so it's expected it's expected that video games will take into more serious and even controversial thing themes uh metal gear, metal gear slot 5 touched upon very controversial uh, subject matter too so it's it's just you know it's it's an evolving beast and you know video games are, are an art form and they're evolving and uh, people are taking notes so yeah and I mean and they they the, the point is you have to evaluate specifically what they're talking about here in the art versus the game we're looking we don't know much about the game we're going to learn about that very soon. We're looking at what we see in front of us, and we're saying, okay, this is an interesting story. To me, it's an interesting story. I mean, it's nothing I've, I've not seen done in any, like you're saying, movies or television, what they're trying to, to do here. Um, but, you know, we're looking at this at specifically, we're looking at the cover. We're not saying the game's going to be great or, or whatever. The game could come out, and it could be garbage. So that's yeah, the yeah. fact of the matter. Exactly. We, we still, we don't, we don't know. How, I mean, no, knowing how Far Cry games are, this game is probably going to be pretty good. Um, Could be. Could not be. really, not release date. I, I, it's probably to me, it may come out uh, fall of this year. So I would expect that. Yeah. So, but a uh, very bold move of uh, of uh, Ubisoft. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Yep. Yep. And and so moving into our next uh, stuff here is just some honorable mentions. You know, 
Today, uh, the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. Yep. And so we got some stuff coming out this week, uh, different, different information coming out. And Vanity Fair had a really cool uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi covers that came out and art and photos, photography that was taken for the movie that came out. And man, man. Yeah, right, right in the fields, right, man? Oh, just... Yeah. There's you have you have the one where you have her when I say her Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, hugging her daughter Billy Lord. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they 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 did they were both in Force Awakens. They were both you know they both were very close. Now they did this movie together. It was so cool to see mother and daughter doing film the film together. And you have that photo, and you could just see how sincerely they care about each other. Just it's a beautiful beautiful photo. Yeah. And then you continue on and then you see the photo well there's two different photos but the one i'm talking about specifically is again the other portrait of luke and leia you have uh, mark hamill and carrie fisher hugging it out together oh, and yeah. oh man oh man, man. I, saw, I saw that picture i was like i i felt goosebumps because it was so good man it's it's just it's it's really sad and there's the other picture i was also referring to is the picture they have of you know he's looking at you could tell that you know he's looking at when i say he mark hamill's looking at carrie fisher and she's sitting down listening to kathleen kennedy and i think ryan johnson i think is in the background in there yeah um and they're they're just all sitting there talking and, and it's just just seeing them all together, collaborating, working together—that's the beauty of what Lucasfilm is doing with their Star Wars films. They, the way they would—they would take input from Carrie Fisher and some of her writing ideas, and Mark Hamill, and you know, it. We we lost we lost Carrie Fisher, and now I feel like similarly to uh, the buildup that happened with the Dark Knight, I do believe this is going to cause a lot of people to come out and see this movie. Um, because they're saying this is the last time we're gonna see her on screen, uh, you know, as her specifically. Absolutely. And so, you know, that that's that's gonna be huge. Yeah. Uh, one one quick quick picture uh, that I, I want to talk about is the uh, the one with Benicio del Toro. Um, I don't think they have really said who he plays. He, this picture. Ah, uh, go ahead. They gave him a name. They gave him DJ. The name is DJ. DJ. Okay. Well, um, it looks very Rogue One to me. This picture, right? Yeah. It kind of has a, a Rogue One type of vibe. So interesting stuff. We'll we'll see. But he plays the other other picture with uh, 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 Phasma and um, Kylo Ren and um, the uh, uh, the general. I forgot his name. Are you talking about? You're talking about which which one here? I'm trying to find it. Um, uh, General Hux. General Hux. General Hux. Yes. General Hux. Yeah. So uh, that picture looks looks real cool too. So uh, great job from Vanity Fair. This their their Star Wars pictures are always phenomenal. Um, but this this set of pictures was really really good. So what what do you think about the the photos of the people from that like the bright the the Canto bite casino looking people that was um, like the that frou -frou, was different like, like the frou-frou people yeah that that looks like very not star wars right no i did not I, if you would have shown me that and not told me that that has anything to do with star wars yeah. i would be like is this a lady gaga like you know <laughs> picture or something because this, this looks like a very guillermo del toro kind of kind of thing 
Yeah. You know, it looks really, you know, and it it, it kind of gives you like that pants labyrinth kind of kind of weird, you know, Del Toro feel to it. So uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I'm so, excited I mean, to see where the story goes. Yeah, I'm interested to see who, th who these people are because they look very different from any other Star Wars characters that we've seen. So, yeah, and that—that's the thing. You know, are are you excited about it or are you cautious about it? Because I'm very cautious ever since the prequels of what they do in Star Wars. I'm very curious. So, um, I know this movie is going to be good, but I'm curious as to where it's going. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Uh, we had we had a talk with someone uh, from work that's a that's a gigantic Star Wars nerd, and uh, and it was funny because him and us we kind of had the same type of speculation as to where this is going. So, so yeah, that was, was good stuff. Yeah, especially especially a connection maybe between Rebels, maybe. Yep, probably. I I think so. Uh, it's it's possible. I, I think so. Yeah, I oh, think that's man. that's pretty much there. Oh, um, so yeah, yeah, good stuff. Star Wars is uh, always exciting. It's that uh, you know part of part of our lives, part of our culture. You you would say absolutely. And that that's what I feel bad is after this movie, we're not going to have them coming out on Christmas or having Han Solo come out in in summer i always like these films coming out on christmas because it yeah. just has a nice feel to it like it's christmas you're gonna watch star wars you know so joe i saw earlier today um kathleen kennedy was saying that they're they're going to announce what the third star wars story movie is going to be oh I okay i can't remember where, where i saw it but I believe she gave a date like it was like end of May kind of thing. We're, we're already on the 25th, but isn't that D23 is D23 before or after Comic-Con? I, I can't I can't remember. It could be D23. Yeah, but uh, but I, I believe uh, I, I saw something uh, this morning from uh, from Kennedy saying that they're, they're going to announce what the third uh, anthology movie will be. And I really I really hope it's that Obi-Wan movie, man. Oh, I, especially I after the Twin Sons episode, you've got to see that episode on Rebels. Yeah, yeah, I I really hope they do an Obi an Obi One movie. This, uh, yeah, yeah. So, here's to hoping, right? <laughs> For sure, man. And bring back Ian McGregor, one of yeah. the good, one of the good ones in the prequels. Yeah, no, McGregor was great. Yeah, on on all on all of them. Yeah, McGregor's a great actor, you know, overall. So, absolutely. Um, so, yo, well, where can everyone find us? Yeah, man. Um, so that was a that was a great fun rundown there of, of news. I know, guys, that was really movie heavy, but you know, we, we that was what came out. I mean, that's, and that's to be expected in the summer. But want yep. you guys to make sure you stay connected with us. Uh, you can make sure you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch at No Load Time. That's at No Load Time. We also are open to having you guys send us email with any questions, comments. You know, fun information. You know, give us feedback on the show. Also, something maybe you would love us like for us to talk talk about on one of our episodes. Uh, you can email us noloadtime at gmail .com. That's noloadtime at gmail .com. We would love to hear from you guys. Thanks for always uh, listening to our episodes. Yep, and uh, remember to visit us as, at uh, www.noloadtime.com, and you can listen to episodes there. Leave a comment. There are comment sections open on uh, each episode, so leave us a comment. And let us know uh, what you 
guys want us to talk about and any feedback for sure any feedback yeah definitely definitely make sure make yeah. sure you also follow uh subscribe on itunes if you're on an iphone or um you can also find us on google play or soundcloud so stay connected absolutely joe and as always we'll end the uh podcast with a song of the show and this is from Batman for the nes and the name of the song is Streets of Desolation. And this soundtrack was done by Naoki Kodaka. So hope you guys. En- good choice. Yep. Hope you guys enjoy. And uh, you guys have a great, great rest of your weekend. We'll see you soon. See you guys next time. <laughs>